I bet you're ready for somebody to make a bold prediction about Missouri and Kansas. Well, guess what? I'm your guy right here at the top of the show, plus Gary Pinkle, officially enshrined in the College Football Hall of Fame. I want to talk about what he meant to Missouri and myself personally, coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And did you know that LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the quality, qualified candidates you want to talk to faster? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free, terms and conditions do apply. And I tell you, the more I think about this Missouri-Kansas basketball game coming up here on Saturday afternoon in Columbia, the more I can't shake the feeling that I think Missouri wins this basketball game. Yes, that's right. You freaking heard me, you Jayhawk fans. And you know what? I'll be honest with all of you. The fact that this game is at Mizzou Arena is no small thing whatsoever because if this were an Allen Fieldhouse, well, I wouldn't have much faith in Missouri winning whatsoever. But honestly, with the kind of crowd that you're going to see the first game in over 10 years between Missouri and Kansas in Columbia, well, not only do I think that is going to give Missouri incredible energy, I also think Missouri has the deeper team just in terms of the amount of bodies that they're going to throw out there. Do they have the more talented team? Well, perhaps not. I would certainly argue that the Jayhawks on paper have more talent, but I do think one through 10, for instance, I really like this Missouri squad, but also more to my point that I was getting to a little bit yesterday. I really think that Missouri has better ball handling and the type of up and down game that I'm expecting on Saturday, I think that, that that's going to give Missouri the slight advantage. I think Dewan Harris, clearly a really good ball handler, true point guard for Kansas. He keeps seemingly gets better with every year. But at the same time, I'm not sure who else on Kansas I really trust to handle the ball. As great of a shooter as freshman Grady Dick is at six foot eight, well, I'm not sure he's doing much else with the ball other than shooting it really, really accurately and with a quick release when he's wide open. The rest of those Kansas wings, athletic guys, versatile players, but again, it's the ball handling. Are they going to be able to handle the type of pressure that Missouri is going to put on them defensively in this basketball game? Whether, again, it is sort of more of the token variety pressure that slows down the Kansas half-court offense and maybe just wears down DeWan Harris over the course of the game, or maybe it's more trapping. Really, I would probably anticipate a little bit of both early. Dennis Gates will figure out what's working, but I don't know. The trapping worries me a little bit, again, just because they do have one just tremendous, tremendous shooter in Grady Dick that you never want to leave, so that does worry me just in terms of of rotation. Certainly, Missouri has had its problems guarding the three-point line this season, but just for some reason, I really think 
well, not just some reason, all the reasons I've just laid out to you, but I just have a feeling that this is going to be the Saturday for Missouri. I really do. And moving to the gridiron, now just the current stuff before we get to Gary Pinkle's Hall of Fame enshrinement. Missouri now down a couple pass rushers, two of their most important defensive players. Isaiah McGuire off to the NFL, at least trying to make it, right? Well, same thing with DJ Coleman. He's announced he is going to prepare for the NFL draft and skip the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa as well. Hey, good luck to him, of course. Coleman was quite the revelation. A transfer from lower-level Jackson State, I believe. Just really impressive, really impressive film when I went back and watched DJ Coleman this year. He just always ended up standing out. So, hey, it was only one year, but a really productive year for him. So all the best to him in the future. And by the way, speaking of the football field, of course, well, it's not just basketball between Missouri and Kansas. No, the football field found a way into the controversy as well as all of us know. Well, for her part, athletic director Desiree Reed Francois, well, she basically denied the whole thing. She said Missouri wasn't trying to duck Kansas. They weren't trying to duck anything. You know, they made their preferences known well before any idea of Kansas and Missouri playing the Liberty Bowl was even discussed. So to her to her point, it's all nonsense. This is what she's saying. Fi- fine and dandy. Quite honestly, I- I'm really done talking about the whole thing. Let- let's talk about actual games. That's what I'm into. And by God, we're going to get a heck of a one on Saturday here in Columbia. But speaking of Desiree Reed Francois, I thought it was a classy move by her to show up in her former stomping grounds of Las Vegas for Gary Pinkle's Hall of Fame enshrinement. Obviously, Desiree was not around with Missouri. Her time with Missouri didn't cross over with Gary Pinkle in any way, but I thought, hey, the Missouri current athletic director showing up for that, good for her. I thought that was a classy move on her part, and also along with Desiree was many other Missouri greats, including Chase Kaufman, including the most recent Tiger to be inducted in the College Football Hall of Fame. Roger Worley was there, and also all of the living Missouri football coaches. Of course, Eli Drinkwitz was there. Bob Stull was there. Everybody was there, including Barry Odom. Yes, At one point, we thought maybe there was a little bit of a fracture in the relationship between Barry Odom and Gary Pinkle. I'm not going to totally speak to that one way or the other. I will just say it was good to see Barry at that particular enshrinement, for sure. Hopefully some, some wounds have been healed there, if that was even necessary. But regardless, speaking of Barry Odom, hey, a nice little two birds with one stone flight for him, possibly. He just didn't even have to get back on the flight. Barry Odom has been named officially now the new head coach at UNLV. A kind of a surprising move just in terms of, oh, I don't know, geography. At one point, it looked like Barry was definitely going to take the Tulsa job, which makes a little bit more sense. Barry from the state of Oklahoma, that's more of his stomping grounds and recruiting grounds. But hey, UNLV, he's back in as a head guy. Obviously, Desiree Reed Francois was from UNLV at one point as well, so some interesting crossover there. But you know what? Best of luck to Barry Odom. I hope it all works out for him. And 
quite honestly, I'm just gra- glad that the Arkansas awkwardness is over there between our former coach and former player, Barry Odom. And coming up, I want to give some personal thoughts on Gary Pinkle, who just so happened my freshman year at Missouri was his first season in Columbia on the football field as well. So let's heap some more praise on our Hall of Fame coach. But first, today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. And these days, it really can feel Like if you're hiring a new person, well, it's a high stakes wager for your small business and you want to be as close to a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates possible. Well, that's why you have LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And I'm sure many of you already have LinkedIn profiles Right now, perhaps looking for a job, well, maybe you're on the other side now and you're looking for somebody, well, just take that LinkedIn profile, turn on the purple hashtag hiring frame, and that will spread the word to let everybody know that you're looking to hire. And you know what? Once again, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the quality candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the big games to the biggest stories, go beyond the box and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide. That's Locked On Sports today. Available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get a finer podcasts. And... I've heard a lot of praise thrown Gary Pinkle's way here over the last few days, and especially yesterday if you watch the enshrinement ceremony. And we can talk about wins and losses and division championships and comparing him to years past in terms of numbers, but the bottom line is Gary Pinkle made Missouri football actually matter again. He made Missouri football cool again frankly, to a whole new generation of people, kids who are maybe 25 years old until recent years. Heck, you grew up knowing nothing but pretty doggone good Missouri football, for instance. I'm thinking about you know, some of my younger cousins here, for instance, who grew up, oh, when he was 10 years old, you know, that he had the 2007 Tigers to root for. Guess what? That type of season, that, that gets into your blood. It really does, and it stays in there forever. Turns it black and gold, and my friend, there's no cure for that particular ailment. And seriously, Gary Pinkle, quite literally, is the reason that many of you are listening to me talk into this microphone right now. And indeed, a big part of why many of us decided to attend Mizzou is because Missouri football is fun. You have big-time college football here. And yes, it hasn't been quite as good the last few years post-Pinkle, but let me tell you something. As somebody who grew up in this area, as a Missouri fan, well, it was really cool when I was a child, when I was you know six, seven years old, when Anthony Peeler and Doug Smith were running around campus, it was really cool to be a Missouri basketball fan. 
because that team was good and fun and all and all everything in between, all that positive stuff. But Missouri football was frankly a joke, and I mean that literally. Like when I would wear a Missouri coat during the school year, sometimes my own peers would make fun of me. I'm going, hey, guys, the stadium's 15 miles away. What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to root for here? But you know what? Kids are mean to each other. That's the lesson there. But nowadays, that doesn't really happen. And especially it didn't happen a few years ago when the Pinkle era was in full force. No, kids weren't making fun of other kids for wearing Missouri stuff. No, they were hopping on the bandwagon and realizing, oh, actually this black and gold stuff is pretty cool. It's amazing how that kind of stuff flips. So again, and I'll just say from my perspective, yeah, certainly Missouri football, Missouri basketball, even more so at the time, a big reason why I chose to be a Tiger and to attend the University of Missouri. Yeah, the journalism school was the academic reason, but to be brutally honest, it was just tough for me to picture myself rooting for another basketball team, rooting for another football team. And by golly, when Gary Pinkle showed up, it didn't immediately work out, did it? That first season was pretty rough. But that second season, though, oh, we found somebody, didn't we? Found somebody named Brad Smith. And you know what? The history after that, well, it's pretty beautiful stuff. Did we win the national championship? No. Did we win a conference championship? Well, no, we came up a little bit short there. But to even get to where Missouri got in 2007, 2013, and in several other really exciting seasons as well, well, for a young John Miller and a lot of kids who grew up in this area who are my age, that was beyond belief. We believed that Missouri basketball could be good because we'd seen it, but Missouri football, it had been so many years since the Tigers had even made a bowl game. Until Larry Smith came along, it was just it was just hard to picture. So now, even when Missouri's just okay, well, the, the ceiling, the basement, the whole thing has just been raised because of Gary Pinkle and we definitely owe him a huge bit of gratitude. Now, who knows whether Missouri will ever get back or even exceed the Gary Pinkle levels of success, but I think one thing seems pretty obvious at this point. I don't know that we're ever going to care about bowl games as much as we did in the Pinkle era and before. It seems like that ship has sailed a little bit, but you know what? Speaking of Missouri's bowl game coming up in Tampa, well, Wake Forest, you might have noticed a, a very prominent quarterback, Sam Hartman, has actually played five seasons now in college. He's thrown more than 1,500 passes. So, you know what? Despite the fact that he's six foot one, 200 pounds, not the biggest guy in the world, and also plays in a very, very unusual college offense, too. The slow mesh, if you've ever seen Wake Forest play before. Well, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you haven't, we'll get to that in the coming weeks for sure. We're definitely going to break down that slow mash offense. But suffice it to say for this particular segment, a lot of those reads don't necessarily translate to the NFL. Let's put it that way. And yet, this kid is so impressive in some of his throws. And 
just the experience that he has, I actually do find him to be a pretty intriguing prospect for the NFL level. I'm not saying he's a first-round pick necessarily, and frankly, I haven't even bothered to look at where anybody else has him projected right now. So some of you who are expert that the, it's the experts excuse me, at this may be laughing at me right now, but the bottom line is Sam Hartman has NFL aspirations he's played again five seasons in college because of the free COVID year he's thrown over 1500 passes what does he really have left to prove in college is he really going to play in this bowl game quite honestly even though Missouri is currently a two-point underdog over at betonline.net that's one to really keep your eye on will Sam Hartman play can you get some intel from anybody at Wake Forest? Well, if you can, that may be your edge right there. And coming up last week, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said it looks like we're finally going to get a decision on what the SEC schedule is going to look like when Oklahoma and Texas are inevitably added to the league. So I want to talk about what that means specifically for the Missouri Tigers football program. But first, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline, and BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. And as of now, no line for Missouri and Kansas, a little bit early for a college basketball line to be posted, but I got to tell you, I'm anticipating Kansas will be slight favorites in this ball game, somewhere between two and four points, I would say. Three is probably your best guess there. I could see a little bit anywhere between two and four wouldn't surprise me, and heck, I would probably jump all over that if you're a Missouri fan. Don't bet the house or anything. How about 10 or 20 bucks? How about that? But really, I, I just don't think the last few years of data are going to be able to account for the home court advantage Missouri is going to have on Saturday because we haven't seen anything like it at Missouri for years, quite honestly. This is going to be a completely different Mizzou Arena crowd. But if you're a longtime season ticket holder like I am, you know how loud that building can really get, and the stakes don't get any bigger than this. So you know what? No matter what you think of that ball game, there's plenty of stuff to get into at betonline.net, whether it is football, basketball, soccer, or even esports, they've got you covered over at Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, for a few months now, we've known that the future SEC football schedule, when it moves to 16 teams, Oklahoma and Texas join the league. We know it's either going to be essentially the current model of an eight-game schedule with one permanent opponent, or perhaps the SEC is going to go to a nine-game schedule, add one more conference game, and under that schedule, there would be three permanent opponents for each team. Well, here's the thing, though. I said pretty much the current format under either of these scenarios, divisions are going away. So there is going to be no more SEC East and SEC West. But the SEC Championship game, that's still very much going to be a thing. Just un un obviously the change is, hey, whoever's number one and number two in the overall 16-team standings, well, that's who we're sending to Atlanta. Unlike this season where 
LSU, for instance, made the SEC title game as the fourth-ranked team in the college football playoff among the teams in the conference. So to me, I think regardless, if you're going to get rid of the division, hey, let's be real. Not exactly easy to win the SEC East, even though Missouri's won it a couple of times with the juggernaut that Georgia has become in recent years. But obviously this makes it harder for Missouri to win the conference. It makes it harder for them to get to Atlanta because while Missouri was a legitimate near SEC East champion in 2013, I hate to say it, 2014 was Missouri really one of the two best teams in the conference. I don't quite think so, but because they were able to win a down SEC East that season with a, with a good defense, by the way, and a good team, don't get me wrong, but were they really better than LSU, for instance, that year, just for example? That That's probably a tough one to argue. So my point is, no matter which one you prefer, and honestly, I, I suppose even though it's harder with a nine-game schedule, I can't argue that either. I still think I'd prefer the nine-game schedule. Just give me that extra conference game versus, I don't know, a, a New Mexico State or an Abilene Christian. That's just me as a fan. But I suppose an eight-game schedule with the one permanent opponent would be a little bit easier. I'd also kind of like to get... I also like the idea of three permanent opponents get a little bit more routine while at the same time, yes, I don't want to go, you know, six to 12 years before somebody sees Faro Field as an opponent, for instance, or the opposite. For instance, this was the first time Missouri had played at Auburn since joining the SEC. I mean, that it just makes you feel like you're not even a part of the same conference at a certain point, but so it sounds like we should find this out in the next month or two, but there could be some other factors that delay this. For instance, we still don't know if exactly when Oklahoma and Texas are going to come. Are they going to come in 2025 as as the as is sort of laid out now, or are they going to come early? Are they going to negotiate with the Big 12, offer them some money? I don't know. The longer this goes along, it just seems like 2025 is when it's going to actually happen, but the other big unknown factor here, too, it seems like nobody can really say one way or the other if the SEC can renegotiate its new broadcast contract to account for that ninth game. So it almost makes me think that the SEC is going, hey, this isn't so much of a a battle between teams that want the extra game and teams that don't, it almost seems like the SEC is more than willing to move forward. This is just me guessing here, but it seems like the conference is more than willing to move forward with a ninth conference game, but they want some of that scratchy scratch. They want to get paid in order to do it. So I understand that bit, and it seems like that's kind of what's holding the deal up. If ESPN says, well, no, we're not going to renegotiate, I'm betting we get eight teams and the one permanent opponent, but if they're willing to pay up for that extra game, and history says they probably would be and should be, well, how about nine teams, is, or excuse me, nine games, that's looking like the likely outcome for sure if ESPN is, is willing to negotiate. And I would guess likely they probably will be. So if I was a betting man, go for the nine-game schedule. And thanks again for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. 
the big stories, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.